Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Jesse Tyler Williams. Jesse is a singer, songwriter, and entrepreneur. How are you doing this morning, Jesse? I'm doing great, Brad. Thank you so much for having me as a guest on your show here today. Oh, it is absolutely my honor and my pleasure to have you here. I, I say thank you to you for taking the time and making the time to be here today and share a little bit about your story and your journey here with me and the Empowerography community. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And I, I I know it's not just me, Brad, but I know a lot of women around the world appreciate everything that you're doing, empowering women across the globe. So thank you again. Oh, it is my pleasure. I love doing this. This is, this is my purpose. This is my mission. This is why I'm here on this planet. So I love doing this work and being able to speak with inspiring women like yourself on a daily basis. It's It lights me up. So I thoroughly enjoy it. So thank you. So as mentioned, you are a singer-songwriter. You're also a real estate agent. You are a builder. I mean, that is one hell of a diverse resume, Jesse. You're a Canadian country pop music artist (laughs) and have been described as such. Now, how do you feel about being given that label of a country pop music artist? And what are your thoughts about being labeled as a musician? Well, I I love it. I'm honored, Hmm. especially being in the same category as a lot of my heroes and and idols and people that I look up to. So for me to be labeled in that same category is is truly an honor. Uh, Sometimes it feels kind of weird still. But it's great. I mean, I love it. I love what I do you on every level like you said the other titles that I hold as well I mean yeah. I'm a mom yes and so, yes it's a busy life but it's a great <laughs> life now what were you doing before you got into music and became a country music artist well I've always done a myriad of things I'm one of these people that no moss grows under my feet let's put it that way <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've been a songwriter for as long as I can remember, literally since I was probably eight, nine years old. And so it's something that I never decided to be. It was something I always was. So, but I didn't realize the extent of it, I guess, until later on in life. I wasn't allowed to do any of that kind of music stuff. It was, I came from a very religious family family where you know they stifled things like that especially right. women and so it took me a long time before I broke out of my shell to become who I wanted to actually become yeah. and still throughout life there was a lot of obstacles and a lot of things that you know it seemed like well maybe this isn't meant to be and so I always did other things uh, like you mentioned you know I've been in construction 
fashion for numerous years. Yeah. You know, so I've done everything from waitressing, whatever I needed to do to pay the bills. I did yeah. waitressing. I've done construction. I've done secretarial work. I've done administration. I've done, well, you name it. There's probably nothing that I haven't done <laughs> just to pay the bills. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, One end of the spectrum to the other. Absolutely. And everything in between. <laughs> there, yeah. <laughs> so what inspired you or how did your journey into the music industry transpire then? Well, it was actually through a girlfriend of mine. She empowered me. She believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. And uh, we used to work together, actually. Okay. <laughs> and uh, we were doing catering. And so she came to pick me up from work one day, but she was like an hour early. And I never used to let any, I was married and the guy didn't even know I did music. So what? that's how much of a <laughs> how is <that> possible. <laughs> oh yeah. He paid attention, obviously. Right. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> wow. So yeah. So anyhow, I was playing my guitar and, uh, yeah. you know, there she was standing at my screen door listening to me. And I was, I was absolutely mortified. I was like, Oh my God, you heard me. And she's clapping and she's like, Oh my God, you didn't tell me you could do this. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's okay. It's just my stuff. And so anyhow, she started getting me out to go to karaoke places with her and a group of friends. And we started just singing on stage as a group. Yeah. Because there was no way in God's green earth I was going to get up there by myself. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so over the course of about, oh, at least a year, maybe even longer, yeah, doing these karaoke things, she's like, do you want to come with me to a jam? And I'm like, well, what's a jam? And she's like, a jam session. Like, you know, musicians just yeah. get up and sing. And I said, yeah, but I'm not getting up there. <laughs> and so now this was a whole different ballgame for me, Yeah. Right? never done anything like this before and so but it started again she started by going up with me and singing with me and basically holding my hand because I was yeah. head by and I'm still scared of the stage I've just really yeah yeah wow so that's how I got my start thanks to my lovely and dear friend Jane DeLiva from Winnipeg of all yeah. places on this planet <laughs> And so I owe a lot of that to her because I don't know, you know how they say, if something's meant to be, it will always find its way. Yes. And she was that way. And she was the person that helped me find my way and be what I always wanted to be. And, and your voice. Started, yeah. And everything, everything. Yeah. And she was always like, wow, like you sound so good. You do that, 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 you know, how people, you know, and I didn't have that before with the biggest cheerleader. Yeah. And, and Love she it. still is to this day. She still is to this day. And she always says, I'm not surprised. Like when I win an award or when I, the last single, it got to number 52 on iTunes and, and she's always like, well, I'm not surprised, Jesse. Yeah. I, I'm just waiting for the day when you're going to be number one. She says, because that just coming too. And it's like, she planted this seed. Yeah. Faith and belief in myself. And without her, I don't know if I could have done it. I was pretty beat up when she met me. And it's taken years for me to get to where I am today. So, yeah. It's so important to have that cheerleader in your corner, to have at least one person mm -hmm. that believes in you like that. That's what everybody needs. Absolutely. And it really doesn't take that much to do that for somebody. 
It really, it doesn't cost you anything to do it. And it's just what we should be doing as human beings for other people. We need to support one another and, and help each other and cheer each other on and celebrate those wins, even no matter how big or small those wins are. Those Absolutely. all need to be celebrated. And especially as women, we need yes. to, you know what, if we miss the train this time as women and yeah. we don't really start empowering each other instead of tearing each other down, we're hooped. And so we as women have to stick together and we, we have to empower each other, encourage yeah. each other, be happy for each other's wins and boast about it, you know, publicly. Yeah. Don't be afraid to shine the light on somebody else because anytime you shine the light on somebody else, it's just a ripple effect. It has no no other choice but to do that. 100% agree with you, Jesse. That is so true. That speaks volumes right there. If we miss our boat this time, we're going back to the cave age and and I don't feel like getting drugged through this. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't, I really, I really do not believe that we will head back in that direction. I think that we are now headed in the right direction. I've seen it personally within my community of women that I support through the podcast and the platform. It's it's a complete 180 from what I've seen because I come from that corporate background where I saw a lot of that competition bullshit and that mindset of that. And it's been a complete 180 with what I've seen. I see so many women cheering each other on and supporting one another. And I think it'll only continue to to progress in that direction. Absolutely. And and I agree too. I mean, being a very prominent in a very male, you know, yeah. industry, you know, yeah. being the president of my own company and, uh, you know, going out there and uh, doing everything (laughs) that any man could do. I mean, I'm still a woman and there's still limitations that I have. There's not very many. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I I love that you said that though. I love it. Absolutely. And I am still a woman. Yeah. And I am proud to be a woman and to show that gentle side of myself, but also to show the strength that I have and not be afraid to show it and not be afraid to step up to the plate and say, listen, no, 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 that's not how this works. And that there is you not go. how this thing is to be played. So it's important for us as women to acknowledge both sides, our feminine side, and to stay in touch with that, but also to have that masculine side where yeah. we can, I don't want to say this the wrong way and offend anybody, but we just have to be ourselves and we have yeah. to be true to both sides of who we are. And as long as we can remember, I always say, just try to do everything with kindness. Yeah. And you can't always do that. Yeah. You cannot always do that. No, very true. With certain situations, but there's a, a time and a place for everything. But when you try and do everything with kindness, I think something happens to the other person. And I think it shifts everything. And I really believe that. Yeah. For sure. I would agree with you. Jesse, so how long have you now been in like working proper in the music industry? Uh, A long time. (laughs) 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 Well, I probably now we're in 22. So probably at least uh, like professionally, probably 25 years. Wow. Okay. And who are some of your musical influences? Oh, you know, I have so many right from uh, Dolly Parton, for sure. Tanya Tucker has been a huge part of my music career as well, Mm -hmm. as far as 
somebody to look up to. Her and Dolly Parton are probably my two biggest influences in the way of where Dolly Parton came from, a big, large, poor than a church mouse family. Yeah. You know, I came from the same roots. I had literally nothing. And then Tanya Tucker, just, I don't know what it was. I think it was because, I mean, she was obviously, she was 13 years old when she started singing. I was, I was a lot younger when I first heard her sing, but I thought right. she was way older. Yeah. But anyhow, even Robert Johnson, Steve Vai, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Joan Jett, Pink, Gaga, these are all, you know, Prince, you know, yeah. Michael Jackson, these are all huge influences uh, in my music. Yeah. It, you know, I watched a documentary on Dolly Parton a little while back, and that woman is just phenomenal. I had oh. no idea the amount mm-hmm. of songs that women writes for people. Like, it's uh-huh. just insane. And she seems at least through the documentary, so down to earth and relatable and personable and just like a genuinely beautiful Funny human as being. hell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just amazing. One yeah. of, it is a great documentary. Yeah, I'm going to have to watch it. I, I don't watch TV typically, but something like that. And like I've, I've watched the Queen's, like all the music. Yeah, you know, those are know, great. Yeah, those, for sure. I love watching those. Yes. And yes. so I just haven't gotten around to watching the one on Dolly. <laughs> I will definitely. Yeah, it's very, it's well worth checking out. So sure. speaking of, of influences and idols and whatnot, have you ever met any of your musical idols? And if so, how was that? I mean, I've always heard you should never meet your idols as you, can tend to get disappointed a lot of the time with how they actually are in person. I think that's where our expectations, when we have, and and I talk about this a lot, expectations of other people. Anytime you have certain expectations, you're always going to be let down or disappointed. When you walk into a situation without any expectations, we have to remember we are all human. We don't know what kind of day that person had to make them the nicest person. You could approach me and I'm having a bad day or maybe my niece just died or maybe my dad just died or whatever the situation is. And and somebody is like, oh, my God, hi. You you just you're not into that. And especially when you're authentic, right? Yeah, it's it's, so have I been disappointed? No, because I haven't really met. I have met Tanya Tucker a couple of times, but not really like met her to talk to her or anything and again i was told all the time oh wow it's you know tanya talker she's uh, a real bitch blah 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 i didn't find her like that at all i didn't find her like that at all and you know what we all have stuff and you know what if somebody was inappropriate or wasn't the nicest person to me i don't think it would change how they've affected my life i would still take the take all the good out of that i don't mean unless they're downright an asshole or yeah (laughs) i mean that's a little different but i mean of course i don't i think for the most part i think most people in that light are going to try to be accommodating. You do get every once in a while, you know, the jackass that just doesn't want to deal with public or whatever. Most people know that that's who that person is because they're like that with everyone. So don't feel special because he was an asshole to you because he's an asshole to everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I remember I was in Montreal at the casino. I was there for a weekend with some friends and we were at the casino and Kiss were in town and Ace Fraley was sitting at one of the slot machines and I walked up to say hello and tell him I was a big and he turned around he told me get away from me kid get out of here 
And I just thought, holy shit, really? I'm like, okay. So that kind of put a sour taste in my mouth. <laughs> right. But right. again, like you said, everyone has bad days and maybe he was having a rough morning or whatever, but mm-hmm. it's just kind of like, oh, okay. All right, then it is what yeah, it is. It, it is a tough pill to swallow, especially when somebody that you hold in such high regard yeah. and I don't understand how somebody could get hurt by that. And yeah. I'm not saying I wouldn't like if Dolly Parton, you know, was an asshole to me, I'm, I'm sure I would be, I would be a bit hurt. Yeah, but it wouldn't change how I felt about her. Yeah, it would only change that moment for me. Yeah, you know? Jesse, your motto is healing the world one song at a time. Can you speak a little bit about that and what that means to you on a personal level? Healing the world one song at a time is something that just came to me many years ago. And I knew that it would always be something that was a staple to who I was. And I wanted that logo because I knew that if I was ever given a platform to share my music, that that's what I would want to do with it. I know firsthand how ugly the world can be. And I lived in a lot of ugliness in my life. Mm. And so the music was something that always spoke to me from a very, very young age. So I wanted my music to do for others what music had done for me my whole life, what yeah. writing had done for me my whole life. It took me through some of the darkest and most traumatic periods of my life. And so if I could give a little bit of that to somebody else that was listening to my music, then that's where it starts healing the world one song at a time. And I really believe music has the power to heal and transform lives. And I really and truly and deeply believe that. And I've seen it happen. You've seen it happen. We've all seen it happen. When there's war, what do they do? They get musicians to perform concerts. That's right. There's a tragedy. They get benefits to do for fundraising and whatever. Music doesn't matter if you like rock, opera, classical, jazz, heavy metal. It doesn't matter the genre. What matters is how that message resonates with you. And sometimes I can listen to a song in a completely different language. I have no idea what they're saying. (laughs) Yeah. But I feel whatever it is that that song was supposed to do for me, I feel it. So it doesn't matter if I understand it. What matters is if I feel it. And I want to deliver that same effect to others when they're listening to my music. Love it. Music truly has incredible healing power. I don't think there's any other art form like music in the way that music, when you hear a song, it can take you back to an exact moment in time. Uh-huh. So when you first heard that song or that stirs up something in your memories that you, it, it's music is absolutely an incredibly powerful thing it's beautiful and i think that music should be taught in all schools through all grades starting from very young i think because it has such incredible healing powers absolutely absolutely and i've also started recording my music in a different hertz as well okay i'm experimenting in a few different hertz so that megahertz so that i can I can connect more with the listeners and it's, it's incredible. It's really incredible that the, the power that music truly does have. Amazing. 
also, I mean, it's got to be one of the most incredible feelings. I know you said that you still get stage fright, but it's got to be one of the most incredible feelings too when you walk out on a stage to play a show to people that are there to see you. Like they paid money to come and see you and listen to you play and sing. Can you even describe or put that into words how that feels for you walking out on that stage? Walking out on that stage is absolutely horrifying. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, once you're out there, you must get past those jitters, right? Well, I've learned how to take that energy of fear. And I've learned how to take that and put it into my music. Right. That's the only difference with me now. Like there's some shows where I I just get, I mean, of course you get better with time. You learn how to deal with it. You learn how to get the energy here and there and stuff like that. But when people are coming specifically to see me and for me, I don't care if it's a room with two people or 2 million people. I've yeah. never played to 2 million people, but, but uh, yeah, there you go. And, and so for me, I need to feel some kind of intimacy in every show. And so I try to make, it's really hard sometimes to see people and to make eye contact because of all the lights and stuff like yeah. that. But you always have that opportunity to be able to do that. And I can usually spot out, you know, people in the crowd that are really resonating with the music. And so there's always that one person that you can find or more and you just, you kind of point at them or you look at them and, and when you're singing and you're in that moment with that individual and you make them feel like that show or that song or that moment, whatever it is, is just for them. And I have had, there's pretty much every show that I do, I have somebody coming up to me and touching on the intimacy that they felt or how, you know, when you sang that song, Jesse, that did something to me. And that is, is a feeling that there's nothing. You can't use a drug to get that. You can try, but you can close. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, for the most part, there's nothing that can do that yeah. like that. And so that is, and it's all a part of that whole slogan I have too, you know, my motto in healing the world one song at a time. And that's, that's it right there. That is so powerful. So incredibly powerful. I can only imagine that feeling like that's just, that's got to be out of this world. It is. And that's, I think why there's so much, you know, drug use and alcohol use because people always try to get that back. Taste that feeling, right? And they can't, they can't, you can't get that from synthetic drugs and you can't get that from a bottle of whiskey you can try and you you think for a moment that you're feeling that euphoric feeling because it is euphoric right yeah but you can't and they try to it's it's like they call chasing the dragon yeah you know it's that same effect and, and and you can't get it from anything else because it's a natural thing that comes not just from you it's something that happens when you're connecting and it becomes an extension of yourself and yeah. it ripples in that room. So you can't get that from anything else, but that. Love it. You've won several awards in your music career. Can you tell us a bit about some of those and what those accolades mean to you? I mean, to be recognized by your industry peers and which of those, if you can choose or if you can choose, hold the most meaning to or for you? 
Well, I won a few awards in Nashville in okay. 2002. And those, I won Most Promising Female Vocalist of the Year. I won Most Outstanding Showcase Entertainer of the Year. And then I've won a couple of others. And those were great to be recognized in that room by others like me that, you know, and, and some that I thought, like, how did I win that? You know, right. that person is that, a, you know what I mean? Yeah. You always do that right? And and you're kind of in shock, like, wow, I just did that, you know, but in 2018, I got an award. For four years, I did a national tour across Canada. And I did uh, the national PTSD benefit galas across Canada. And it was for veterans and first responders. And I funded the project myself. And yeah, and I wanted to give back in some way to the men and women that have sacrificed everything for us. And for the ones that every single day, the police, the fire, the nurse, the doctor, the ambulance, the that, 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 how can I give back? And that's the only way that I knew I could give back was through my music. So I decided I had this epiphany that this is what I was going to do. This is this <laughs> is what I was supposed to do. And I did it from nothing. And and so I got a call one day and the person on the other line said, is this Jesse Tyler Williams? And I said, yes, it is. And she introduced herself as being from the Minister of Veterans Affairs office and that I was up for a commendation medal and I thought one of my friends was playing a trick on me to tell you the truth. And I'm like, oh, you're funny. I said, yeah, right. Like I said, no, no, no. I said, who is this? And then (laughs) kind of chuckled a little bit. And she said, no, she says, actually, you've been nominated by quite a few veterans in the veteran community. And they think you're very deserving of this. And she goes, we think you're very deserving of it as well. And we'd like you to come to the award ceremonies, blah, blah, blah. So we had the Minister of Veterans Affairs there, the Governor General, all these people. And when I got that medal, I didn't even want to accept it because I thought this is a commendation medal. This is something that should go to the veterans. And I, I told them that. I said, let's give this to another veteran because they should be the ones that have it they're the ones you know and then she she said to me she says I don't think you understand the impact that you've had in the veteran community and how much you actually helped the veteran community and the first responders through your service to them and that's why you've been nominated and I said well I can't not accept it now after what you just said (laughs) yeah truly, (laughs) truly an honor for me to be standing here amongst these heroes of our nation to accept that. So that's probably the award that has the most meaning to me. Understandably. So that is huge. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. That is phenomenal. Jesse, what lights you up or excites you the most about being a musician? Hmm. When I write a new song, when I have a new single that's coming out, probably mostly though in, in through all the releases and writing new music and stuff like that is when I get an email or a message or whatever communication that somebody says, you know what, I heard this song and I'll give you an example sure. of one of the times. Um, I had an actual veteran call me up or send me a message, sorry, uh, initially and say thank you for saving my life. And apparently this veteran was contemplating suicide and had gone to a a mall in, I believe it was Toronto, 
and was sitting on a bench in, in the mall and my song Breathe came over the sound system. He heard the song Breathe and he said he did exactly that and he said he carried on with his life and he said that song helped him change his mind about killing himself. And I was just like, oh, wow. Like, I still get goose pimples to this day talking about it. Sure, that and is so, fucking powerful. Yeah. And so that was just like, wow. If that's the only thing I ever do with my music, I'm happy. Yeah. I want to do more. I want to do more. Absolutely. But that was one of those moments where I just knew I was doing what I was supposed to be doing because you yeah. can't help it. Second guess, especially as a musician. I mean, being a musician and, you know, getting fame and fortune and all that stuff is one thing. And I used to be after that. And that was what it was all about. I, you know, I had to be this and that and the other thing and all that stuff. Yes. It's, it's cool, but you know, I'm not seeking that anymore. I'm right. seeking more of a holistic approach to what I'm trying to deliver and what I'm trying to accomplish through my music. So that was definitely something that made me want to write more. It inspired me. It motivated me. It, it got me dancing on my feet again and just yeah. saying, hey, you know what? I got to do more of that. I'm on and the right path. Exactly. Exactly. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Thank yeah. you. And there is no feeling like that. When you find that thing that you are supposed to be doing, that you're here on this earth for, that is the most incredible feeling in the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not very many people on this planet get to do like we do, Brad. Yeah. We're, we're able to have a platform, not only that we love and, you know, it's our, it's our mojo. Yeah, for sure. But we also get to share that we, we're given a platform yeah. to communicate with a very large audience. And I think it's our responsibility with these platforms to provide information and healing through those platforms. It's our responsibility. And I really believe that. I 100% agree with you. Can you tell us a little bit about your process when you sit down to write songs? And do you write both music and lyrics? I do. I do write both. I okay. play a bit of guitar. So I usually use my guitar when I'm Right. But the process changes for me from time to time. Like one day I'll be in my car and I'll see something and all of a sudden I'll grab my phone and put my voice recorder on and I'll start yeah. just singing a hook that I just came up with, you know. Yeah. And then the next time I'll be sitting here and uh, I'll pick up my guitar and, and then I'll just start strumming something and something will come to me. And, you know, another time I'll just, you know, I'll think of a line or something in a conversation. I'll be like, oh man, that was good. I got to write that down, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it, it varies. It, okay. There isn't any rhyme or reason with me. Uh, so it, it's different. Yeah. It, yeah. There is no real... Method to your madness. Method to my madness. That's what I was looking for. Yes. Yes. Jesse, where do you pull your inspiration from when you're when you're writing? Everywhere. Life. Yeah. A lot of stuff that I've written, I've rewritten. A lot of stuff that I wrote when I was really young. And so turning that trauma into something that can be inspiring and uplifting and pull somebody else through like the last single that I just released the video. It was, you know, about the same thing. And so just life 
in general, taking things that happen in life to me or somebody else, or, you know, sometimes somebody will say something to me and it'll be something that really sits with me. And I'll be like, I need to write about this. I really yeah. need to write about it. And then it, it'll turn into a song. It always does. Sometimes I just sit, want to sit down and, and journal about it because it's something that either resonated with me. It maybe dug up some old stuff that was sitting there and I'm yeah. a releaser, right? If something is going goofy with me, I want to release it and get rid of it, dispose of it and carry on, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, speaking of your latest music video, I'm assuming that's Please Don't Let Me Down. It is. So that contains, I've watched that video a few times, and that contains some pretty damn powerful imagery within it and tells quite the story, as you said. The song or video seems to be autobiographical, I would say. Can you share a little bit about that with us? and talk a little bit about your story and was that process of writing that song and and filming that video was that cathartic for you it was it was in that song you know what you hit the nail on the head it is very autobiographical and um the little girl in the song the little girl is me and you know going through the different stuff as a child that i went through always having that that evil lurking around my life you know that guy that's laughing in the background so a lot of the imagery in there was very hard for me to do but I knew that I needed to do it and I felt that I need to be authentic I never wanted to ever talk openly about my life as a drug addict right I didn't want to really talk about that and it's only been probably in the last year that I've actually publicly in interviews and in my music started actually talking about this and so that video was something that I knew if I could pull that off it would make it easier for me to talk to people and I wanted people to see the authenticity of me but also me as an artist and me in my real life and take and merge the two together and say, you know what? I don't just write about this stuff. I lived this stuff, you know? And so when people say I resonate with them, it's because I've been there. I've, I've done that. I've, I've lived that I've experienced that. And so I want people to also see that living all of that stuff, it doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter how much trauma you've had in your life. You can have the ending change. You can have the storyline change. You have to be the one to do it, though. Nobody can do it for you. And that's really important for people to know that you can get as many people trying to get you to do this that and the other thing and now you got to do this and you got to do that you already know what you got to do every one of us we already know when we're doing shitty stuff that's shitty and that we shouldn't be doing it but for us to actually change yes it's up to us we we need to be the person changing it and we need to be surrounded by people that want to see that change in us and encourage us and help us to believe in ourselves and help us to make that shift. And, you know, the product of your environment. I mean, you are a product of your environment. If you're in an environment long enough, you are going to become a product of that environment. It doesn't matter how strong you are, you know, stick around that environment long enough and you just become a part of it. It's, it's, It's inevitable. For sure. For sure. I mean, I think that because you're telling that story through song, 
of your, and not just this particular song, but any song that you write, there's that definite feeling of authenticity because you've lived the experiences. How can you, how can you possibly write about something, an experience, <laughs> if you haven't experienced it? You can't, I mean, you can write about it, but it won't have the same authenticity as it would you having gone through or lived through that experience. So it just speaks to the authenticity factor of of what you're putting out into the world. Absolutely. And I I firmly believe in that. I know a lot of times I'll hear songs from certain artists or whatever, and I'm like, how could you possibly know about that? (laughs) And it it comes across in the music. Like, you know, even if it's in the top 40 or whatever, we all know how that game works anyhow. But I mean, realistically, ask them a question about one of those lines in the song. Yeah. It would be like, what? (laughs) What? (laughs) You know, and these days, I believe even if they haven't lived that particularly, you know, and they're writing or they're singing a song that someone else has written, I think every single one of us has shit. Yeah, for sure. You know what? We may not be addicted to heroin or we may not be addicted to Johnny Walker. We may not be addicted to eating or whatever the case may be. But we all have stuff. You know what? And it's all perception too, right? You and I, Brad, we could be sitting in a car and watch exactly the same car accident happen. Yeah. And both of us could be completely differently affected by it and see that accident completely differently. So again, there's that as well. So, So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of that too. But you're right, authenticity. People see through all that other stuff, right? People see through it. And that's why a song will do really good for one week and then it just kind of falls off the planet and you hear about this one hit wonder. A lot of times that's the case. There's, There's no longevity with it because it's there's no authenticity there. Yeah. Well, I think that song and video is absolutely incredible and so fucking powerful. So kudos to you for, first of all, having the vulnerability and the courage to write something like that and share in that way and put that together visually as well. Congratulations on that. I think it's an incredibly brave thing for you to do. And thank you for sharing it. Thank you so much. That means a lot to me, Brad. Thank you. So how have these experiences then helped shape the Jesse you are today, do you think, both personally and professionally? People ask me that on, you know, like if I have regrets and all this, I, the only regret I ever have in life is if I've ever hurt anybody. Yeah. Okay? And so that part, yes, I never, ever, my intent was never to hurt anybody, but I think the person I hurt the most through it all was myself. But I wouldn't be who I am today if those things didn't happen to me. And if I didn't choose the path that I chose, there'd be no way I would be able to talk to people the way I do on certain situations and topics in life. There'd be no way that I I would be able to have, I have people come down here sometimes and, and get some help, people that are struggling with addiction and stuff like that. There's no way I I would be able to, I was put on this planet to help others. And the only way you can truly help somebody is if you've already experienced some of the things that they've gone through, or if you have watched somebody very closely and been involved with somebody that has dealt with those same trials and tribulations, let's call them. Okay. So I think personally, 
it's helped me definitely to know what I do not want in my life anymore. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. professionally, it has helped me become a better writer. It has helped me personally become more compassionate, more sympathetic. I can relate better to people that are going through certain things. And uh, I have kind of a no bullshit attitude towards, you know, <laughs> people that do come to me with help. I'm like, I, I know that they don't need coddling. Yeah, we all need to feel loved. Absolutely. Yeah. But you know, sometimes you just got to say, okay, cut the bullshit. You want to get yeah. better or not? You want to get yeah. better? I'm your girl. I'm your girl. <laughs> if you want to piss it. around, see, yeah, I, I just don't have time for it. So, yeah. so there's that, right? Yeah. <laughs> because I know I've been there. I know. <laughs> exactly. Now, I know through our previous conversations, and you've just mentioned it briefly, you've kind of also with all that you've been through your personal story and your journey has also led you down quite a different path from where you are now with the music and the real estate and the construction and you're serving a much larger purpose. And that's not to say that the music doesn't serve a large purpose. Of course it does. But the work you're doing outside of all of that now as a result of what you've been through, can you speak a little bit about that work and and what you're doing with it? I'm an entrepreneur. So I'm always looking for ways that I can strengthen my community, my female community and, and teach and learn as well. I always want to learn. I always want to learn. I want to keep expanding who I am. And I think through that, I'm able to just connect more with people and my circle gets larger and larger and my outreach gets larger and larger. And, and I think it's all a collective, really. I don't yeah. think it's, it's one or the other. I think it's literally just a collective of things that are coming into my life and I'm gravitating towards some, I'm shying away from others, but it's just creating a, a larger platform in yeah. all ways. Working in the music industry and, of course, in the construction industry, both of these, as you mentioned earlier, they're pretty heavily male-dominated industries. So how does that feel for you being one of very few women? I mean, the music industry is a little bit different. There's a lot of women in the music industry, but it's still a fairly male-dominated industry, I'm going to assume. Right. So what kind of adversity have you had to deal with as a result of being in these two very male-dominated industries, and if any, and if you have, how have you dealt with it? Oh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? It, it Definitely, the construction industry. And when I started working construction, I was a lot of times the only female on the construction site. And I definitely had to stand tall and, and literally remain solid in my work boots yeah. and let people know who I was. And at first, you know, you let them push you a little bit and, you know, they make your comments. And then there comes a time when you just got to put your foot down. And usually when you do that, I mean, like I said earlier, you always have assholes in the crowd and you always yeah. have the junk that, you know, wants to, wants to, you know, show himself because he's suffering from small dick syndrome or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. But being in, in such a male dominated industries, most yeah. of my life, I've learned how to deal with it in a way that that when I get confronted with a situation, and, and it doesn't happen to me a lot anymore, because I think people are pretty aware. I, I think I make a, a statement when I walk into a room like that, Yeah. that I know, number one, I know my job. Number two, I know who I am. And number three, 
I think anybody that crosses either of those lines and tries to intimidate me or anything else is going to get a surprise. But I think most people that have any sign of intelligence are going to look at this situation and go, yeah, I don't think I want to cross her. <laughs> I'm not going to mess with Jesse. And it's such a fine line because I still want to be respected as a woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to try to be a man because I am not a man. Yeah. I am a woman in a male dominated industry. So again, there's that, there's such a fine line there where you have to, again, you have to know yourself and you have to trust yourself and know your craft. Yeah. Know what you're doing. Don't walk into a room because you want to know more than Bob, the engineer, or you want to know more than, you know, Bill, the architect, know your job and know it well and go in with confidence but listen with anything, right? Listen yeah, for is- sure. So I've probably, there's been a couple of situations in my life where I probably haven't dealt with it the best way that I would have liked to, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but again, that's all that learning stuff that you do. That's right. You, right. It just kind of shapes you. And, and so, you know, there's definitely been a couple of situations in my life on in construction that I'm not the proudest of, well, I'm kind of proud of those situations, but <laughs> a little embarrassed at the same time now, but <laughs> right. <laughs> but again, but yeah, it's all part of the learning process, as you said, you know what exactly. And that's how we learn. That's how we grow. And that's how yep. we know what works and what doesn't work. And that's right. You know, the process, right? Yep, for sure. So what advice would you give to young women wanting to break into the music industry per se and pursue a career in music? Don't. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I would say put in your 10,000 hours. Yeah. Like anything, you know, they say, okay, when you go into to get an apprenticeship and you're going for your master's or your journeyman or whatever, it takes 10,000 hours. Okay. It's no different with music. It's no different with construction. It's no different with building. It's no different with painting. It's no different with anything. If you want to do something, learn your craft. The world does not owe you anything. Very true and very powerful. You're right. The world doesn't owe anybody anything. And listen. Yeah. That's the biggest part is listening and actively listening. Exactly. For sure. So being a women's empowerment advocate like you are, what do you do to empower yourself and other women? Well, I keep telling myself I can and I will do this, whatever it is that I'm after. And I continue to do that. I I continue to try to be the best version of myself that I can be. And so in doing that, I think it has a ripple effect to the women around me and to the women that are listening out there. That, for example, some of the the women that I look up to, you know, Tiffany Gaines is one of those women that I just truly admire. And I so look up to her and she empowers me every single conversation I have with that woman. I I learn something and I listen. And and (laughs) yeah, well, she's got a lot to say. And Tiffany is phenomenal. She's an amazing woman. Yeah. Yes. So I think when I'm empowering other women, it's just through the delivery on, on believing in them, showing them that they can do it and teaching them how, if they don't know, you know, and I think it's so important when you're given an opportunity to teach 
somebody something, whether it's a woman or anybody else, take that opportunity because you might be that only opportunity that person ever gets to see that. And if you know something, it's your duty to share that with other people. You know, don't keep that stuff in, share it. And that is what empowers us as women and as human beings. I agree with you 100%. I think we owe it to people to share. If you have, I mean, why wouldn't you want to share the knowledge or send the elevator back down, as they say, or extend your hand down the ladder to help lift someone up? So you didn't get to where you are. And I'm not speaking specifically about you, Jesse, but you didn't get to where you are without the help of someone else. No one can do it alone. No. Nope. And nobody does it alone. No. Nope. Everybody has help somewhere along the way. So I think you're right. It is our duty, our responsibility to pay that forward and give it back to people. I mean, how good does that feel to be able to help someone else and or teach someone else something that they may be struggling with or having trouble grasping or it's an incredible feeling to be able to give back in that way. Mm-hmm. And it's just I human. Are wor- I think people are worried there's not enough to go around. There you but go. Trust me when I say we live in a world with billions of people. Yeah. There's a lot to go around. We all have our part. And yes. you know what? Quit worrying so much that somebody else's success is going to lessen your success because it's the opposite. Yeah. Someone else's success, especially when you're a part of that, all it's going to do is ignite yours in whatever way that might be. It might be personally. It might be financially. It might be on a business level. Whatever yeah. it is, all it can do is create. I always tell people, your success is my success. Yeah. I want to see you succeed. Of course, it amplifies, it just amplifies everything. That's exactly what it does. And people, I don't, I don't know, people have some people have such a hard time grasping that concept. And they're in that competition mindset when it should be the community mindset over competition. Because as you said, there is more than enough to go around for everybody. Absolutely. And I wholeheartedly believe that because not everybody is going to be your, whether you're in business or not, everyone's going to be your perfect client. Not everyone's going to resonate with you. And that's okay. There are people out there who will. That's exactly it. Speaking of empowerment, Jesse, what does that word mean to you? How do you define the word empowerment? I think exactly what we were just talking about, empowering other women and empowering others globally. That's what it means to me. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? I can fly. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you wish you could. <laughs> right? I think uh, mm, that's a tough question. I think I have a, such a wide range of skill sets because of there's so many hats that I wear and that I have worn. So I think that has helped me in many ways become successful because as a musician and an artist, I'm also pragmatic. So I have that side of my brain working as well. You know, I have both sides of my brain working sometimes. And my accountants (laughs) tell me all the time, you know, there's not very many artists that we work with that actually (laughs) do what you do. And it's refreshing. So, so there's that. And it's, I think it's just perseverance. I don't know for an answer very good. I'm like, Oh, why did they say no to me? Okay. Just wait. Let me, let me ask them again. (laughs) So yeah. Okay. How do you define success? What does that word mean to you? Oh, I define success as being able to go to bed at the end of the day and closing your eyes 
and knowing that you've done what you can to make the world a better place to be and that you have delivered the best version of yourself to those that you've come into contact with that day. Love that. Deliver the best version of yourself to those you come. Uh, that is beautiful. Very well said and poetic. I love it. Thank you. Jesse, what is one of the most important things you've learned in your life and what was your life like before you learned it? And what was your life like after learning it? Oh, I've learned so many things in my life. Oh my God, the lessons I've learned. <laughs> you know what? Probably back to listening. I was always fighting to be heard my whole life since I right. was a child. I come from a very large family. So I didn't have time to listen because I was so busy wanting to be heard. And so I took that throughout my life with me because, because I grew up that, that way. So it was, I was constantly fighting to be heard. So I didn't have time to listen. I didn't want to listen to anybody. I wanted to be heard. And then one day I actually woke up and said, you know what? God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. You're supposed ah, to be ah, twice ah, That listening. is so funny you, you say that. <laughs> so, yes. So probably listening. And, yeah. and when I started listening, it helped me exponentially. It took me to a completely different level. It changed everything. It, it was a real game changer for me when I started really listening, not just to others, but myself and trusting myself and listening to what other people had to say. Because every time you're actually listening to somebody and you're giving them your undivided attention when they speak, now you've done something for that person. And hopefully they will do the same thing the next time they're in a conversation because they're like, oh my God, she actually was really listening to me. Let me try that. Yeah. So I think that definitely changed my life because then I actually, once I started listening, I started to actually hear what I was supposed to hear. Everything that you're talking about, you already know that stuff, right? You already know. And, and so try to learn something new. And the only way you can do that is by allowing somebody else to speak to you or by listening to something, whether it's this podcast or whatever it is, yeah. listen and yeah. that's when you're able to learn more. For sure. I mean, really, when you think about it, all people really want is to be heard. Absolutely. And it doesn't take that much to just listen to somebody instead of worrying about what you've got to say and just take a minute and listen. You're right. It's so funny you say that two, two ears and one mouth thing because a friend of mine always said that to me too. He says, we were given two ears and one mouth for a reason. So just listen instead of, <laughs> instead of worrying about yapping away and having yourself heard, listen to someone else and see what they, like you said, you could learn something very valuable Absolutely. and it could create that ripple effect where that person feels like, wow, I, I really felt heard. I need to do that for somebody else. Mm -hmm. It's so important. I mean, it's powerful. It is. It truly is. It's incredibly powerful. You bet. Jesse, who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? Oh, there's a few people, but probably my daughter, who is now seven. Um, she has probably had the biggest impact on me because she's a mini me, but with a lot more attitude. <laughs> or maybe I just think she's got a lot more attitude because I'm looking in the mirror and it's my attitude I'm seeing. I don't know. <laughs> but she teaches me so much. And again, it's that listening thing. Yeah. I've really, really tried hard to make it a point to really listen to her and, and for her to feel like she's being heard. 
And I think that comes back from when I was a child and I didn't have that opportunity. So she teaches me so much every single day and she inspires me to keep going and she senses everything. And she just says these things out of the blue, like, you know, <laughs> out of the just, mouths of, of babes, as they say. Oh man. And, and I'm just going, what in the hell did you just say? <laughs> and it's like, how do you know this? Yeah. Like you're seven. <laughs> and, but it's, it, you know what it is? It's literally from the mouths of babe. Yeah. They're so authentic and they're so, they don't care what you think when they nope. say something. No. Nope. They don't care at all. They're like, I'm going to say whatever I want to say and you're going to listen to me. There's no, and if you there's no fear. You get louder. Exactly. We That's, instill fear into you, yes, our children. Yes, we do. We do. Absolutely. That's what it is. That's a big part of it is they don't have any fear. That's why kids do some of the things they do, like yeah. climbing trees and jumping out of whatever, you know, it's just, it's yeah. just that lack of fear. And we could learn a lot from kids by reverting back to, there's nothing wrong with acting like you hear people, oh, stop acting like a little kid. What's wrong with that? Why can't yeah. we? Why can't we do that? Life's short, man. Why not fucking have fun? And I think that if we could, as adults, go back to some of those times when we were kids and and behave like a kid and just act like a kid, let your guard down. Just fucking be. Have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Let loose. You can can go back to that, Brad. Just do it. Just but people, but people don't because they're scared of judgment though. We as adults, because I think we forget what it's like to be a kid and it is okay to do that every once in a while. Just have fun. You know it, you bet. And the, probably the other person that really drives and motivates me and inspires me and keeps like just believing in me is my boyfriend, my partner. He's, he's, we've been together for quite a few years now and yeah. You know, no matter what I embark on, no matter what my next venture is, no matter, no matter what I have going on in my life, and it doesn't matter how big of a a mountain I want to climb, he keeps telling me, he keeps saying, well, if anybody on the planet can do it, it's you. There you go. That support is key. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, I have other people too that inspire me a lot, like Tiffany again, you know, bring up Tiffany's name and and she does every time we have one of our meetings it's like oh man she just she just puts my ass on fire and just and then (laughs) and then she's like okay Jesse let's just concentrate on this one thing because when we get together it's it's like oh we're gonna do this (laughs) and then she just pulls me back in and says okay because I'm one of these people that, you know, I'm a, I've got that artsy fartsy mind, right? So yeah. I'll just go in a thousand different directions and a thousand miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. So then she kind of pulls me back. Okay, we can do all that stuff, Jesse. No problem. We can do that. But let's let's get this part finished let's first. Focus. Okay? <laughs> let's focus. Let's. Yeah. <laughs> Tiffany is a beautiful, beautiful human being. She's such an amazing oh, woman, man. inspiring soul. She is just a phenomenal human for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here, Jesse. So one, two, three, four word answer type thing for the next grouping of questions. Okay. Okay. What was your dream job as a child? Singer. If you came with a warning label, what would yours say? (laughs) Danger. (laughs) (laughs) If you had a theme song that played every time you walked into a room, what song would that be? This girl is on fire. How would you describe yourself in one word? Oh, Oh boy. One word. 
I can't <laughs> come back to that one. All right. What would your family and friends list as a couple of your best characteristics? To be able to forgive okay. and probably passionate about whatever I do. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Be kind. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Love. If you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? Hatred. I'm going to go back to that other question. How would you describe yourself in one word? Funny. (laughs) (laughs) That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly (laughs) scheduled program. Jesse, if you had the opportunity (laughs) to sit down and have a one hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? Probably Billie Holiday as one of them. And why she lived in a time of where anything that could adversely affect somebody, it did her. She rose above all adversity. She did everything against what they wanted her to do. And she never, ever swayed or altered who she was to accommodate anybody. And I admire her for that. It takes a lot to a lot of character and strength to do that. Absolutely. And if you get the chance to watch Billie Holiday versus the United States of America, it's a highly recommended movie. I will check that out. Jesse, what does the best version of you look like when you close your eyes and imagine it? Right now. Right this now? Is, yeah, who I am right now. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? <laughs> Listen more. <laughs> Here's that listening <laughs> thing again. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Seems to be a very common theme in the conversation. Oh, yes. Lastly, Jesse, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, like your corner of the world, your tribe, your people, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What would you say? What words of wisdom would you impart? Oh, probably be kind, love yourselves love each other, come together, form global global unity. You know, life is precious. Don't hold on to grudges. Forgive, forgive yourself, forgive others. And, you know, just live in peace. And through forgiveness, I think we can all live in peace. Beautifully said. Jesse, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and share your story and your journey with us. And this has been an incredibly inspirational conversation. Lots of laughs, lots of fun, amazing insights, and just an all around incredibly inspiring conversation. I've thoroughly enjoyed every minute of it. And I just want you to know that I truly appreciate what you're doing, all the work you're doing. Keep shining your bright, beautiful light onto the world through your music and giving back in that way. You are a beautiful soul and I'm very inspired by you and and appreciate you and thank you for taking the time to be here today. Wow, Brad, thank you. Thank you immensely for everything that you do. Thank you for, first of all, for having me and taking the time uh, to put me on your show and thank you for everything that you do to empower women around the world and keep doing what you're doing. We love what you're doing. And I'm inspired by what you're doing. So thank you. Thank you so much. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Jesse Tyler Williams. She is a songwriter, musician, and entrepreneur. Thank you so much, Jesse. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. You too. Thanks so much, Brad.
Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.